Good morning, Trinity Lutheran Church. It's the seventh Sunday of Easter. It's the last Easter Sunday this year. So glad you're here on this beautiful, slightly gray morning. Um, our lovely friend Sheila is under the weather this morning, so she is not here. So uh, send her some good thoughts and, and honey and tea and lemon and all those good things. Make her feel better. Um, so on this uh, seventh Sunday of Easter, we'll have some music by the bells, and our wonderful Pastor Tom is going to bring us a message. And to start with, we're going to sing a song about turnstiles and crooked miles. And um, you're welcome to sing along. There's a refrain that'll be up there with some notes and some words. So um, jump in as you feel comfortable. Welcome to Trinity on this seventh Sunday of Easter. Turnstiles and Crooked Miles, Linea Good. Turnstiles and crooked miles mark the road to home. Travel seems aimless when all on my own But answers are many and questions too few On the path that the world wants to have me believe leads to you God of the earth and the sky Wind through the elms and the seas How we have cast you in chains Kept you on altar and torn you with silver And tried to imprison the breeze Turnstiles and crooked miles mark the road home And travel seems aimless when all on my own Answers are many and questions too few On the path that the world wants to have me believe leads to you God of the day and the night Nervously pacing the years Why when you made us a play why could we not have been just a bit stronger with just a bit less of your tears? Turnstiles and crooked miles mark the road home, and travel seems aimless when all on my own. But answers are many and questions too few. On the path that the world wants to have me believe leads to you. sits on a wall, silently trying to mend. If the earth had a great fall, would you still be there to pull us together and make it all better again? Turnstiles and crooked miles mark the road home, and travel seems aimless when all on my own. But answers are many and questions too few On the path that the world wants to have me believe leads to you God of 
time in the warmth of your wings. Fly with the spinning green earth, sweep through the valleys, the rice fields, the alleys, fill us with your song that we sing. Turnstiles and crooked miles mark the road home, and travel seems aimless when all on my own. But answers are many and questions too few On the path that the world wants to have me believe leads to you Okay, now they're happy. Good morning. morning. Try that again. Thank you for calling us to worship this morning. Uh, There were others here before you. The bell choir is here, and they were here early this morning. You also see that the altar guild has been here. And set the table as we'll be uh, joining together in the Feast of Victory of our God, uh, sharing the bread and wine of Holy Communion this morning. And we say hello to all those who are worshiping across the island, across the country. I got a a text a few minutes ago. It said, we're in Washington, D.C., waiting for you to start. So we've got folks in Washington, D.C., watching us this morning, worshiping with us. Pastor Tom's preaching. The order of service is uh, printed before you in the bulletin. Everything will be projected for you as well. So if it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering hymn is a call and response. Come, let us worship God. shared prayer of the morning is called the Curie Curie Eleison. 
Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy. praise let us put on the clothes of Christ uh, I think our part is green and we all sing your phrase
gracious Lord God, may we come to know you in our worship, to better understand you as we dwell in your word, to experience your presence as we gather at this table. May we come to know you, that we might claim our place as your children, that we might be joyful servants, putting on the clothes of Christ and departing from our place of worship to our places of service. Rejoicing as we wash feet, feed the poor, and raise our voices on behalf of the oppressed. May we come to know you as we muse upon the life, death, and resurrection of the one we worship, the servant rabbi, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. The gospel lesson for this seventh Sunday of Easter is from the 17th chapter of John. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have, in give, that you have given me is from you. The word, for the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, as we are one. The word of the Lord. Bye. 
Thank you, Bell Choir. The mood is always feels so contemplative after you pray. It's kind of a shame to ruin it with preaching. So, but as we say in the ministry, that's why we make the big bucks, I guess. God is good all the time. You have. You couldn't have thin skin in my family growing up. You had to have a certain kind of toughness about you that, um, that was both endearing and challenging at the same time. You know, it was kind of like my sister who would, some guest would be sitting at the table pontificating about something, and she would look at that person as if she's there in rapt attention, and then when he was done, assuming it was a he, was done speaking about whatever, she would just look at him and say, does it bother you to be so stupid? <laughs> I mean, how do you answer that question? That's like, are you still beating your wife? You know, I mean, you just can't answer that question. So that was, and my mother, the sensitive, the sensitive woman that she was, the good Norwegian sensitive woman that she was, she says, you'll do fine in ministry because they wear black. And why is that, Mother? Because it's slimming, she said. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. That was great. She had an expression that uh, certain friends of mine on the golf course have adopted as theirs. For them, it justifies their behavior. She would say, there's no sense being bitter unless you show it. <laughs> so that's what we grew up with. So for the longest time, I couldn't, I couldn't discern whether my mother was Norwegian or my mother was Jewish because, I mean, either would have been okay with her. It's just that when I heard, as Daryl would, I read the lesson so beautifully, when I would hear chapter, John chapter 17 read, after Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father. Now, that was a regular experience, a part of my growing up, where my behavior would leave my mother looking heavenward, muttering a prayer that would begin with something, Oh, Lord Jesus, please. As best as I can recall, she was not offering a prayer of gratitude for me at that moment. It was more a prayer of intervention. So John records Jesus speaking plainly about his fate. In the chapter before, chapter 16, he speaks clearly about his fate. Remember, the lesson begins with, begins with these words, after Jesus had spoken these words. What words, what words had he spoken to them after he had spoken these words? I mean, it doesn't, how does the lesson make sense unless you understand what those words are? After he had spoken these words, he spoke plainly about his fate, what was waiting for him. And then he also spoke plainly about the fate of the disciples, what was awaiting them. What would be the reality, what would be the reality of calling uh, Jesus Lord, following Jesus? What would that be? So as a consequence, their discipleship, he says, you will be put out of the synagogue which is code talk, means you'll be cut off from the story of faith. You will be, cut, you will be treated as a leper. You will be the unwashed. 
you will no longer be permitted to go into the temple to make sacrifice, which according to law would make you righteous with God. You're cut off from that. That's not possible. You'll be cut off from the, you'll put out of the synagogue. And many of you will be put to death. And the ones who put you to death will be seen as doing this as service to God. I mean, how twisted is that? It sounds vaguely familiar to our own culture sometimes. And so Jesus looks heavenward and he prays first for himself. By the way, this is called the high priestly prayer of Jesus, the high priestly prayer. He first looks heavenward. He prays for himself. He prays second for his disciples. And then he prays, thirdly, for us. Did you know that Jesus prayed for you? He prayed for us. Jesus prays for all those who will come to faith because of the witness of their word, the disciples' word. Because of the witness that is passed down through the generations, because of the witness of their word, Jesus prays for them because we have come to faith. That's us. So Jesus looks heavenward and says, Father. Now, it's, it's not uncommon for me to rise early and with coffee in hand to sit with my prayer partner. This is my prayer partner. I sit with Lyra outside in the early morning, looking at heavenward, hoping for a word of inspiration, looking for that word that will be a blessing. And if things, and if things are um, going maybe really well, we'll take a different position to go in our prayers. We'll, we'll put out in the boat, and there will be Lyra standing in the bow of the boat, the captain that she is, looking back at me, and she looks back at me as if she's asking the question, do you know where we are going? <laughs> and the truth is, no, I really don't. I, mostly, I don't know where we're going. But that's the question. You see, if we can have confidence where this will end up, we can live each day with a faith that gives us with a courage sufficient whatever the day's challenges are. If we have confidence in knowing how this journey finishes, how it concludes, where does it end up, we can put on the mantle of responsibility for whatever it takes to get through that day. Since Jesus has prayed for us, Jesus has prayed for us, we have to believe that God has answered that prayer. And the witness of our faith will be a confidence, a confidence we have to just move through that day believing we know how God is going to bless us and how this is going to end up. It was Miss Mueller's fifth grade class. Never forget Miss Mueller's Hawthorne Elementary, Rainier Valley, South Seattle, fifth grade class. When I walked into school that morning, I knew this was going to be a good day because the reel-to-reel projector was already set up. That's always a good thing. And this was going to turn out to be a geography lesson about the mighty Mississippi River. Wasn't it cool when you realized in school you knew how to spell Mississippi because there was only one vowel? M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. As opposed to Albuquerque? Who the heck can spell Albuquerque? You know? But I got Mississippi down. I can do that one. So somewhere up in the headwaters of, of Minnesota, a boy places a crudely shaped boat that he fashioned into a stream, into a water, and as the stream takes it away and it heads down the waters, he muses over this question. He says, I wonder where the water will take it. 
The last scene, the last scene was 2,300 miles later that what was the remnants of that boat, what was left of it as it had been trashed in its journey, it sails out into the Gulf of Mexico. Now, I have no idea, no idea, if the producers of that children's geography film had any religious motivation, but the question asked by that child has profound theological implications. I wonder where the water will take us. The waters of baptism are our adoption papers. Where will the water take us? Since God answers prayer, Jesus has prayed for us, we should have some confidence where it's going to take us. What did Jesus see when he looked heavenward? Blue sky, serious columnous clouds, firmament, the floor of heaven. I believe Jesus saw something more akin to a contemporary scene that's been gifted to us from the Webb Space Telescope. It's called Pillars of Creation. Isn't that amazing? Just to gaze into that, how it just sets your imagination free. Jesus looks heavenward to the author of all of this expanse of billions of years of time and space. He looks up into this, praying first for himself, so now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had in your presence before the world existed. Think what that means. Before this, billions and billions of light years of time and space existed. Jesus was there with the Father before all that, and he prays, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had before any of this was created. That's numbing. That's numbing. I mean, this is challenging. Father who transcends time and space, let me return to the glory I had with you before this existed, before billions of years. To be honest, trying to wrap my brain around how the author of all this creation, this entered into, who entered into our own time and space, how he put on flesh and died on a cross for our sins that we might have confidence of our final destination. Well, that's really challenging, I think, to get our head around. But Jesus prayed for us. He prayed for us. Sanctify them in this truth. That is, make them holy. Give them confidence. Shape a faith within them that gives them a hope of where all this ends, that they can hold their head onto any given day, whatever they're going through. Grant them, O oh, gracious God, Father, Grant them the confidence that all this is unfolding according to your plan, which is born in love. But Jesus prayed for us, sanctify them in this truth. I think it's a huge oversimplification to say that understanding life is difficult. I mean, this last year with Brenda's cancer diagnosis and her death, I get that life is difficult. 
It's challenging. And sometimes it's a real struggle to be reminded where all of this is going. But if understanding life is difficult, understanding eternity, well, that's just what? That's really difficult. Eternity is really difficult. But somewhere there is a connection between these two. Somewhere there is a connection between the one on the right and the one on the left. There is a connection between these two, these two images. The cross and the expanse of time and space which God traversed to convince us that what? We are loved. And eternity is our destination. We are part of that unfolding cosmos, that universe. That's our destination. We are part of that. And the cross, the cross is the key to the heart of God. The cross. Jesus is preparing to return to the Father, and he promised him that place before all creation ever existed, that place of honor, he would be there. And in the process, the cross becomes for us the key to unlocking the door to the heart of God, which shows us that God traversed all of that to demonstrate his love for us. That in the economy of God's plan, love trumps everything. Love does. The cross is the key to the door to the heart of God. Isn't love, isn't love so difficult to understand sometimes? I mean, this is hard. The cross is the key to God's heart that opens up eternity and reveals God's love for us. You know, we have lots to be thankful for today, not least of which is that Pastor Jim is our pastor. And Pastor Jim, it's his job to explain this mystery to us, not mine. <laughs> Thanks be to God for Pastor Jim. Amen? Amen. Amen. I might raise the questions, but he's our pastor. <laughs> to which you're saying right now, Thanks be to God. Uh, Thanks be to God. I remember years ago when I was musing over the third chapter of Ecclesiastes where my imagination was just held captive by this, the symmetry of it. And you all know, you all know what it is, even though you might say, I don't know what he's talking about. Yes, you do, because you've heard the song. For every season there is a time, right? A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to tear down, a time to build up. A time to search, a time to give up. There's all kinds of examples of the symmetry of how God's love transcends all of this for us, including a time for love and a time for hate, a time for war, a time for peace. Now, in the economy of God's creation, there's a season for everything, but it is at the conclusion of this formula for explaining God's providence for all seasons they offered a key to revealing the heart of God. That's what we want to know. What's the heart of God? Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has set eternity in the hearts of humankind, though they cannot fathom what he's done from beginning to end. Let me say that to you. God created us to yearn for God. Isn't that amazing? It's in our DNA. We are created to yearn 
for God. So God created us to yearn for that which is beyond us, that great expanse of time and space. God created us to yearn for that. And then God puts on flesh and comes to us that we might see the answer to the yearning that we've been created with. So God supplies the yearning. God supplies the answer. And the answer is fully revealed to us. It's fully revealed to us as Jesus was preparing and we would experience his life and death and resurrection in the cross. God puts on flesh so that we might find God. God, the author of that great time and space, the pillars of creation, wants us to find God. And so God puts on flesh that we would see that in the cross, God is love. And the cross is our key to the heart of God, which is ours for eternity. Thanks be to God. So that's what we do. We look up to heaven and we give thanks. God is good all the time. Carry newcomer. together carry the two now you you can do this hard thing you can do this hard thing it's not easy I know but I believe that it's so you can do this hard thing at a cold winter station breathing into our gloves it would change me forever leaving for God knows what you carried my bags you said I'll wait for you you can do this hard thing you can do this hard thing it's not easy, I know, but I believe that it's so. You can do this hard thing. Late at night I called, you answered the phone. The worst it had happened, and I did not want to. You quietly listened, you said we'll see this through. You can do this hard thing, you can do this hard thing. It's not easy, I know, but
but I believe that it's so. You can do this hard thing. Here we stand breathless and pressed in hard times. Hearts hung like laundry on backyard clotheslines. Impossible just takes a little more time. From the muddy ground comes a green volunteer. In a place we thought barren, new life appears. Morning will come whistling some comforting tune For you, you can do this hard thing You can do this hard thing It's not easy, I know, but I believe that it's so You can do this hard thing You can do this hard thing You can do this hard you may remain seated as we uh, lift our hearts to God in prayer. Daryl's going to lead us in the prayers. Each petition will end, uh, God of this and all time, and our response will be, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, in this time and season, hear our prayers. God, your will and desire is that your world may be the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We pray for that world divided by strife and faction, by war and want, by our relentless inhumanity to one another. Bring peace to all wherever people of power seek to impose their will on others. Give wisdom and humility to all who lead the nations. God of this and all time, in our own land, help us to work to make our society a fairer one in which all may share its bounty and feel truly part of this nation. We pray especially for the strangers within our gates, those many who have come among us looking to find a better life. May they be welcomed and known. God of this and all time. We pray for forgiveness for our unwillingness to take to heart your prayer that we should be one people united in love and service to your world. We are called to be the Good Samaritan on life's roadside, but that will be only an initial act. We must come to see that the whole Jericho Road must be transformed so that people are not constantly oppressed as they make their journey on life's highway. True compassion 
is more than flinging a coin to a hungry person. It is not a one-time superficial thing. Compassion sees that systems that produce injustice need dismantling. We can do this hard thing. God of this and all time. We pray for those who are ill and for those who mourn in our community and throughout the earth. Bring them peace and healing. Holy God, be with any who are ill or grieving, who struggle with identity and wholeness, or who do not feel welcomed into this or other communities. Let us be agents of grace, God of this and all time. Receive these prayers, O God, and transform us through them, that we may have eyes to see and hearts to understand not only what you do on our behalf, but what you call us to do so that your realm will come to be. In your name we pray. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. You might stand up and share the peace with one another. Thank you, uh, thank you for sharing and that greeting the peace. After the service, come on over in the gym. I can see the cookies from here. <laughs> come on over for some cookies and coffee and sharing the journey together. Also at 9.15 down the hall in the fireside room, uh, the final uh, for this uh, school year the final Sunday forum down in the fireside room. So uh, please come down there if, if you would like. Take your coffee down there. And uh, we're very appreciative of all the good work that's been done in the Sunday forum uh, this year. Um, also, thanks to Don and Jan Allen for the beautiful roadies. They've got a lot of roadies at their house. Don and Jan are right back there. They're waving at us right now. And uh, what you should know is I think I can pretty safely say this long before anybody in this room was here at Trinity Church they were here they were here in the 50s and uh, so uh, Don and Jan are part of the reason that we're all here today and thanks for the flowers Don and Jan we appreciate it uh, very much um, yeah amen to that lots of announcements printed in your bulletin take note of those uh, get involved in things ask questions it's your church and so we'd encourage you to do that. Some really exciting news. Uh, um, come on up, Tonya. Tonya Henney. Uh, Tonya and her came to us, uh, what, 1991 or something like that? Is that when they came? Yeah. And uh, Tonya has raised her children here. And this week, joined our staff. So uh, we are very happy. We are very happy. And uh, Tonya is going to be a part of our team. And we're excited for that. And most of you know her, but uh, she's going to be hanging around uh, between the services. And uh, so uh, introduce yourself and welcome her to our staff. And we are so happy, Tonya, for that. So very excited for it. So very good. Thank you. Um, let's see. Anything else, Carl? One announcement. Go ahead. In, uh, by next weekend, there will be a schedule out on the table out there for summer music. It's that time of year. Here it comes. So get your, uh, you know, your harmonica and your 
harpsichord and your zither tuned up. And let me know what you want to play or sing and uh, write it down and we'll make it happen. Thank you. Summer worship starts, uh, it do really doesn't affect you much because uh, the service will go to 8 and 10, but we'll still keep this 8 o'clock service uh, for you. So it shouldn't affect you much, but yeah, sign up for summer um, music. That's great. Okay, we're going to transition now to the table. And um, as we move to the table, uh, we will be, uh, 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 I'd invite you to stand as we move in that direction. As we gather around this table, remember Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was the night in which Jesus was betrayed, and as we know, that night he was dining with his betrayers. And on that night, he took the bread and he gave thanks, as was his custom. But then he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. And he used these strange words. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, once again, he took the cup and gave thanks, as was his custom. And then he gave it to all to drink, again, with strange words. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this for the remembrance of me. It would be some time before they would understand the meanings of those words and that promise of forgiveness. As we gather here at this table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians of a variety of colors and denominations across the globe, we find our unity in the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray now in confidence as Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. matters not where you've been. It matters if not if you've ever worshipped with us before. This is not a Lutheran table, it's the Lord's table. And Jesus Christ invites you to come down that center aisle to receive the body and blood of Christ and hear those words that he uttered to his disciples 2,000 years ago. Words of forgiveness and hope. The body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ today, all grape juice, please come. You may be seated.
everything that we have, everything that we are, every moment is a blessing from above. It's endless love that we breathe, it's endless love that we receive, what has freely come, we now let freely go. Working hard to survive is no guarantee For the deck is always stacked against the poor If we'd use just what we need Reject the creeping cancer of greed Like a miracle the hungry could be fed Everything that we are, every moment is a blessing from above. It's endless love that we breathe, it's endless love that we receive. What has freely come, we now let freely go. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. Fed and forgiven. What now? Fed and forgiven, it begins now. Go out those doors and make a difference in the world where you find yourself this week. Baptized into ministry. As you go, you do not go alone. We go together. And our prayer is that God may bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Staying with that theme, sending him, go make a difference. <coughs>
bread for the journey give us bread give us bread for the journey give us bread when our legs are getting heavy and we're hanging down our heads give us bread for the journey give us bread guide our way as we travel Guide our way as we travel, guide our way. Make us one with each other, make us one. Make us one with each other, make us one. All the walls we've built around us, may we learn to tear them down. Make us one with each other, make us one. Lead us home to the garden, lead us home. Lead us home to the garden, lead us home. Where we'll live with all creation, find our place and never roam. Lead us home to the garden, Lead us home. Last time, give us bread for the journey. Give us bread. Give us bread for the journey. Give us bread. When our legs are getting heavy and we're hanging down our heads, give us bread for the journey. Give us bread. Give us bread for the journey, give us bread. 